Welcome to the Startup Tank Climate Investor Pitch Show, the premier online startup pitch contest where top climate tech and impact founders pitch VCs looking to fund world positive companies. If you're a founder looking for funding or a climate or impact investor interested in joining and investing alongside forward VCs, syndicate, and companies that move the world forward, please visit thestartuptank.com for more details and to apply. But now it's time to enter the tank. First of all, thank you for having me here. Uh, so we are basically, so we are basically building cloud energy storage in in, in the country right now. Uh, I think uh, energy storage is a very clear problem for uh, a lot of stakeholders in India. It, it is becoming a very pressing problem now because our renewable sector is growing very aggressively. Today we have around 120 gigawatt of uh, solar energy production capacity in the country, which is set to grow to around 175 gigawatt by the end of this year itself. Basically today, around 20% of our power is coming through solar and wind, and it is set to grow to around 75% of our energy mix, which means around 500 gigawatt of power will be coming through solar and wind. Now, the thing is that uh, a lot of this capacity is uh, a lot of this capacity is going to waste because we don't have any physical energy storage infrastructure in the country, and majority of our energy storage infrastructure needs are short duration. So a lot of infrastructure projects are failing to prove their financial feasibility in the country because of their limited utility. What it is causing is that around uh, 30 to 40% energy loss occurs through renewable power developers in the country. And utilities also suffer to suffer uh, up to 10% transmission and distribution loss due to the lack of energy storage infrastructure. Now, when it comes to India, uh, India is the third largest energy market globally. Our current requirement is around 20 gigawatt hour. Our installed capacity is less than one gigawatt hour. Uh, Currently, the, the addressable market is around $2 billion, but it is set to grow alongside renewables, which is which means that it is a $26 billion opportunity by 2030, by when we'll need around 260 gigawatt hour in the country. Now, our solution is that since majority of our energy storage requirement is short duration, instead of building dedicated infrastructure, we are aggregating idle battery capacity connected onto the grid and creating a cloud energy storage system for renewable developers and utilities, in the, which basically means that there is going to be a virtual on-demand and pay-per-use option for these power enterprises where they could potentially make 2.5 to 3x of cost benefit on this added expense by saving their wasted energy. Now, in India, it's a very interesting time to do this because recently OTC platforms uh, have been authorized in the country. Not only they have been authorized in the country, they are also protected from the incumbents in the space, which are Genco's, power trading exchanges, IPPs, Discoms, Transcos. So none of these guys are allowed to really open up over-the-counter platforms for providing on-the-spot services, whether it is buy, sell, or store to uh, any of the clients in the country, whether it's a CNI customer, whether it's a large-scale consumer, whether it's a state. So none of the incumbents in the power sector are really allowed to operate OTC platforms in the country, which basically creates a very strong protective mode for from the regulatory side itself for players like us. Now, our revenue model is straightforward we are basically aggregating battery capacity connected to the grid making it bi-directional and we are basically providing a warehousing proposition to power it the way india's business environment is configured we have around 60 to 65 enterprises engaged in the business of solar and wind power production we have four private major utilities so essentially these are the people who are at the knife edge who are facing uh, the problem because of lack of energy storage infrastructure and are uh, we are basically providing them access to this network of batteries and making them uh, and charging them on a pay-per-use basis based on their space consumed time that they have spent in the network and their urgency. Typically, the seat price point is hundred dollars per kilowatt per year. In addition to this, we have also we have built a very comprehensive software platform so that we can also 
promote battery capacity in the electric mobility sector in the country we have a lot of two and three wheelers which are growing in the country and there is a requirement of value added services for the supply chain in automotive as well as electric uh, electricity side to build that infrastructure overall in electric mobility in the country so we have also built a com very comprehensive software platform to integrate battery manufacturers battery financiers and battery distributors onto a single platform this is also generating revenue for us but the core idea is to build a cloud energy storage system which we can scale globally because this is not just a problem for india there is a very fundamental problem that majority of the storage requirement is essentially just caching energy for short duration and releasing it later at night so i think broadly just to explain how exactly the product works is essentially we are a warehouse for power enterprises to store energy energy logistics is the problem of the customer and the customer is people like amazon power azure power renew power people are producing solar and wind energy or utility both these customers have the capability of moving electricity around on the grid with the help of their open open access licenses what they essentially need is to locate intermittent battery capacity which is coming online onto the grid as grid and is available for short duration energy storage function so essentially we have just integrated the entire protocol stack of battery management with the open access of the grid time is up ankit i'm sorry uh, that was I, an, yeah. either way an awesome pitch and an awesome company doing something super interesting and meaningful i want to i'm going to bring in our other investors here and then hand things over to them. Laura, Daniel, Moritz. Do you have questions to kick things off that you want to ask Ankit? Including perhaps Ankit, how much are you raising and what round is this? Just as a quick one. So we are raising our Series A. Uh, we are already operating at a $2.5 million ARR. We are growing around 30% month over month. We have around 6,000 batteries in the network. We basically want to now build technology to integrate uh, the, this bi-directional tech with uh, electric vehicles broadly electric buses and passenger four wheelers and that is why we are looking for uh, raising this 10 million series is to basically expand our capability to aggregate more resources okay good question so what is the biggest challenge you face at the moment besides maybe uh closing the round uh raising capital but you need to overcome so i think uh in india we are still playing catch up with uh, the capacity that is coming into the market so basically electric mobility is not very widespread there's not widespread adoption of electric mobility right now in the country but the thing is that it is important to bring this technology right now itself because the margins uh, in india are very thin so essentially you have to integrate as many revenue streams as much possible to accelerate the adoption so essentially we have to go hand in hand with electric mobility at least for a couple of years while we are scaling this technology so the idea is the, the core reason why i reached out to matt and i'm featuring on the show is that we want to expand globally want to build partners overseas as well because the core proposition is essentially software and i'm very glad you did reach out it is an incredibly incredibly interesting company that said do you foresee challenges so in my opinion you have strong local network effects but internationally you won't have network effects this isn't airbnb where i go travel somewhere else and it's great because there's an airbnb there this is it's uber and anybody can come in and start a competitor in a local geography how do you grow and scale effectively with a business model like that? So uh, we are focusing only on being a technology platform. We strongly understand that uh, in geographies like US uh, and Europe, regulators themselves are creating more equitable participation of everyone who has some kind of distributed energy. So it can be a telecom company who has idle battery capacity at their telecom towers. And the regulator is making easy for those businesses to enter into demand response schemes and 
participation on the grid. So essentially, what they need is the technology to be able to do, do so and do that directly. So in in geographies like US and Europe, what we want to do is provide this capability. Whoever has the battery resources or distributed energy resources uh, resources with them, so that they can monetize with the help of this and increase their adoption. So essentially, our idea is just to make this software layer which can help renewable scale and also electric mobility scale so it's just a scalability platform that we are giving to our partners so that's the core network effect that we are looking for the more we operate the more data we gather the more data we gather the more uh, accurate prediction of stability on this platform we can uh, uh, the more better supply and demand matching i have one question um so um you know let's let's say you you get the funding how much do you distribute into the hardware and how much in the software development so uh, so i come from a robotics background i was a robotics engineer prior to this uh, we strongly understand that in in these kind of spaces the hardware commoditizes really fast so we are just focusing on solving the key integration problems uh, we are not get, going full blown into developing new hardware from scratch there is a lot of hardware available which just needs to be integrated with the protocol stack so largely our expenses towards setting up the lab in india we don't have enough resources in india so we have to set up our own lab we have to set up our own simulated environment to be able to demonstrate this as a capability to the utilities i mean in india this capability of distributed energy resources is very far it's very uh, it's it's very i would say uh, it's a very new concept for everyone right it's it's totally new for everyone so we have to create those simulated environments so that they can imagine it so largely the expense will be going towards uh, building the software and doing pilots with enterprises to get that initial scale great because it would be important to me that like you know you put most of your resources of the funding into developing your product your your usp however you want to call it and not allocate too much into the batteries um yes exactly and then maybe a uh, last question um i saw on linkedin you already have 60 plus employees like how does the round fit to your company size it's just a little bit uh, it sticks out let's put it that way yeah so uh, we we basically have grown around 50x in the last uh, 12 months i mean if we were doing uh, i mean today we are doing 2.5 million dollars of era 12 just 12 months back we were doing very small amount 50x less than uh so so far we have been very capital efficient in terms of identifying the key bottlenecks key things that have to be developed and growing the business more and more with the help of minimum development so majority of the, these 60 guys that we have it's a good mix of non tech and tech people it's not only the technical guys we also have a lot of non tech guys in the team who are sort of propagating this concept across whether by tying up with enterprises by stakeholders by research by advocacy whatever means so largely this round size is now to sort of uh build credibility in the market so that larger enterprises feel safer working with us when it comes to utilities they are going to probably use this for multi megawatts and they need that we are going to stick around if they uh, are going to give us a 10 year contract they are happy to give us a 10 year contract but they want they want to know that are we sticking around or not right so i think in in certain sense this round is not at a very fundamental level it gives us credibility that we are here to stay and we are thinking long we are not just thinking from short uh, short term trends in the market we are looking at it from a long term perspective and working our way backward cool thank you and i'm curious what you're looking for in your investors from this round and then also what geographies you're thinking about expanding into first beyond india uh, so uh, right now primarily we are looking for those investors who can help us open the demand side uh in the energy space so in in a lot of markets it's very difficult to sort of tie up with these uh, incumbents 
especially since majority of the demand side of energy storage is still controlled by utilities it's not completely deregulated in a lot of enterprise uh, in a, in a lot of uh, geographies also so in that sense uh, it is important that we go via the investor route they help us connect to the utilities the energy majors so that the demand side is opened up for us once we have the demand side sorted then we can simply start extending our software platform to whoever has distributed energy resources on the grid right so i think uh, that's what we are primarily looking for in terms of our investors uh, in terms of the geography we would want to start very small at a at an island level uh, and i would think i would probably love to start it in europe uh, some of the uh, maybe in philippines uh, those kind of territories where we can do a very small islanding pi- uh, pilot and the the regulatory environment is also very favorable towards distributed energy because of the fundamental nature of energy mix in these geographies right so uh, i think when scaling up next to india first i would not like to invite a lot of challenge first i would just like to expose my technology to those uh, nuances commercial nuances of overseas and see how basically what all we have to do in terms of making it more robust so that we can handle the certifications and compliances of europe in this i mean in india we we don't even know how what it is so we are not facing as much burden of compliances and certifications but in us and europe we will get to see a lot of it. maybe quick question on how's the competition in india how fast can so, you do this here uh so in india we are the first startup doing this there is no one remotely close to this in india uh, uh doing this so we we have basically we fa- basically first started aggregating battery swapping stations in the country we saw that battery swapping stations were growing because of many macros in the country's economy uh we are a big bop economy we have a lot of two and three wheelers we have very crunched out infrastructure so battery swapping is growing very fast so we are primarily piggybacking on that in india so uh in india we can continue growing uh but in 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 basically in india next step our next step is that we lock in the supply side uh because there are only four or five guys that we have to lock in to acquire the entire of supply uh, in in passenger four wheelers we have only two oems who predominantly control the entire market then we have only four oems who control the entire electric bus market in the so right now my idea is that first we should just uh, integrate our bidirectional charging tech with their products with their vehicles before their supply chains get set once their supply chains get set then they are there's a very high resistance from oems to sort of shift to a new technology so first we want to just lock in that supply uh, and then we can simply start integrating uh, with the demand one by one so we just have to integrate with three private utilities in the country and top 80 top 8 independent power producers in the all in all 11 12 enterprises that can give us around 70 to 80% market share in the longer run because these guys control large part of the market the business environment is highly lopsided so that's that's how we are thinking that we first we should just lock in the demand lock in the supply and then as the supply comes into the market of course we will grab the largest market share but the both the sides need to be locked then we'll start moving to other geographies and uh, start doing the same thing over there sounds like an easy ride <laughs> <laughs> um yeah very bus- uh, very interesting business case uh, from my side as an uh, um Yeah, recommendation i probably would stick to india first uh, and try to build out my market power right there and learn more um and then of course also get a better or good um interpretation of european and us markets as there are a lot of companies also i think uh, in a much heavier competition at the moment yes yes why not just own asia and southeast asia where there is a much stronger the 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 cultures the way vehicles are used the way cities are laid out it's all much stronger you're going to have less competition you're going to have lots of funding and you're going to have a lot more inbredness with the energy providers why not just take over 
all of Asia and Southeast Asia. So uh, in terms of growth and scale-up plans, that's what the idea is. First, we want to stick to India, lock in scale-up in India and start capturing the neighboring economies. But the idea is that out here in Asia, the energy side regulations are still evolving. And while they are evolving, we need to expose our technology to some country which has the deregulation in the energy side at a very advanced stage. Uh, this can be purely a pilot also in Europe, purely a pilot in US, but not maybe not more than that at all. But that's the only thing that we want to just sort of seed somewhere in US or Europe to keep our technology on its, on its forefront. Uh, otherwise, uh, what we end up doing is we just start customizing uh, to one specific geography and the solution becomes very customized to India. Then we would find it very difficult to get out of India, even for emerging economies. What about Singapore? You would have all of those characteristics as well, wouldn't you? Yes. So Singapore, Japan, uh, these are two two geographies where uh, this can be tried out. And I'm speaking to several some guys over there. Uh, but I think in the I mean in these in these geographies, the turnaround time is also very high. Uh, since the compliance and certification level is also to a next extreme, it's, uh, we have to do a lot of compliances to get get into Japan. Understood. Any other questions? Have, Go ahead. Uh, but I mean, we have just raised one point six million dollars so far. Uh, so I mean, we have to be very capital efficient in this way, uh, taking decisions cautiously. I mean, climate tech is still growing in India. It's a very evolved scheme out there in US and Europe, but in India, it's still growing. It's impressive. Your revenue is higher than your race. So it's a, sol- it's a solid sign for, for traction. That's for sure. Thanks for tuning in to another segment of the Startup Tank Climate Investor Pitch Show presented by Forward VC. I'm your host, Matt Ward, serial founder, climate investor, and partner at Forward VC's Angel Syndicate, investing in companies that move the world forward. To learn more about me, download my free growth and fundraising guides, or to get help scaling your company, please visit mattward.io. If you're interested in pitching on a future segment of The Startup Tank, please visit thestartuptank.com. And if you're a credit investor interested in investing alongside us in top climate and impact companies that move the world forward, please visit forward.vc for more details and to apply.